And welcome to the Challenge Solutions Podcast. My name is Caitlin. I'm joined by Cole and Macy. And today we're going to talk about cooking. But before we get into that, I just need to issue a warning to all voiceover users to never, ever, under any circumstances, open the Zoom app launcher because you will not be able to close it. (laughs) I, I have it on my screen and it's just chilling there because I can't get rid of it now. So yeah, keep that in mind if you ever host a Zoom meeting. Also, just a heads up, we're all coming in from classes. Finals approacheth in two weeks, two and a fraction of a week. Yeah. So we're all very delirious. So apologies in advance for anything that comes out of our mouths in this podcast. Also to clarify what Caitlin is referring to is the button was called apps, wasn't it? Yeah, apps button. Yeah, apps button in the Zoom app. She clicked it. Click she it. got stuck in a slideshow. And uh, that was about 15 minutes ago. And we are just now starting this. So don't do it. It will um, It will not be good. It will ruin it, your day. In full disclosure, <laughs> Macy was the one that suggested we click it. She Look, was. Don't yeah. tell me there's a button there if you don't want me to advise you to click it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... With all that being said, the holidays are coming up and those usually involve a lot of cooking and well, we're not necessarily going to talk about holiday cooking for this entire episode. That has sparked us to discuss cooking and general kitchen usage tips and tricks as blind individuals. So to start us off, we are going to each share the story of our worst cooking fail. Cole, do you want to start since you have probably the least dramatic cooking fail of the three of us? Yes, I certainly felt dramatic at the time, but uh, it's not necessarily just a cooking thing. It's more of a, uh, I guess, kitchen in general type thing. But uh, when my cousins moved in, they uh, started drinking uh, tea and then we got gallons of tea, which I was not used to at this point because they had just moved in and I was tired. It was 3 a.m. and I wanted chocolate milk, as you do. And I walk in, (laughs) I open my fridge and I just grab the jug, you know, where the milk's supposed to be, pour it into into a cup, put some Nesquik in it, stir it around. I'm all happy. And then my hopes and dreams were crushed when I sipped chocolate tea. (laughs) Spit it out, dumped it out, run into my room now uh, with a renewed um, sense of sadness and, uh, and then yelled at, uh, not yelled, complained to my cousins, uh, shortly thereafter. And then we moved where the tea was located after that. Yeah. Well, there's only, there's only one reason why you get, why you feel the need to get chocolate milk at three in the morning. And I feel like that reason is to brighten your 3am self. Yes. Yeah. So when you, when you're going for that and then you, uh, you try to chocolate tea. Yeah. I actually had a similar situation once where I was making hot tea in my Keurig. So I just put the tea bag in the cup and like let the water run down on it. And I was trying to like calm down and have like, you know, sleepy time with my hot tea and everything. And I forgot to check and make sure there was not a coffee K-cup in there. So I made my tea as old, nasty, like coffee that was left in the pot poured over that's the, the tea worst. bag. Ugh. It was disgusting. Also, I think I did it like twice in a row. <laughs> I've Amazing. done that several times. I also once poured orange juice in my coffee because I ended up with orange juice in the exact same kind of carton as my coconut milk. And Ooh. that was an experience. <laughs> I bet. Ugh. Sounds worse than chocolate tea. 
Yeah, I think it was probably way, way worse than chocolate <laughs> tea. There are not many things that you can accidentally pour in coffee that will be okay. But most things that right. you accidentally pour in tea are not the most repulsive things you'll ever consume. <laughs> I mean, I feel like any kind of fruit juice can cause a lot of damage, regardless oh, yeah. of what it's poured into. <laughs> That's true. A friend of mine I accidentally sh- made cereal with pineapple juice once. <laughs> what cereal was it? I don't remember. Okay. That's really nasty. I mean, yes. Fruit Loops, it might have been like a nice vibe, <laughs> oh, but like no. anything else. <laughs> okay, but pineapple fruity pebble smoothie. I cannot decide how I feel about that. And I kind of want to try it to see what would happen. I'm going to go Me with too. no. I'll go with no. That's because you don't eat vegetables. Your voice doesn't matter. Pineapple <laughs> is not a vegetable. Do you eat pineapple? No, but that's not oh. the I Wait, actually not also don't. No, I don't. I don't really. No, I don't. I don't like fruit. Most fruit. Okay, so we've established a, so I, that Cole's diet consists mainly of chicken fries. It does. It does. I have a texture problem. I'm not sure exactly what it is or when it started. So vitamins. Vitamins are the way I have to go. Man. Anyways. <laughs> I also have a little bit of a texture problem with a lot of things, but I I like my fruit and some vegetables. You know, usually I do okay, and I supplement with a multivitamin to make up for the gaps <laughs> in my diet. <laughs> so anyway, now it's my turn to share my worst cooking fail. This was actually a collaborative effort with Macy because, <laughs> you know, most of the time when I'm cooking by myself, I'm a decent cook. Like I might make a mess, but I rarely ever create things that are just straight up inedible. But when Macy and I are together in the same habitat <laughs> trying to cook things, we just cannot. And once upon a time, we decided to make black bean quinoa salad, except for we scanned every can in my cabinet and did not have black beans, but we did have chickpeas. So we used those <laughs> and um, put all the uh, various components in the bowl and doused that sucker in Dijon mustard and stuck it in the refrigerator thinking we were going to have a nice meal prep for the next day. And um, turns out neither of us like chickpea salad. <laughs> no, uh, that's stuff was never like any chickpea salad I have ever experienced. You cannot just substitute chickpeas for black beans. No, no, it does not work. To comment on this story, okay, with a personal experience, firsthand pro tip about cooking in general, right? If you have a blind friend, partner, significant other, or loved one, and you think you're going to cook something together, don't. I think this primarily applies to like two blind people. Yes. No, yes, yes, yes. No, 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 no. No, no. If you are, I'm so sorry. This came out very wrong. If you are sighted and you like cook with a obviously a blind person, a sighted person, but if you are blind and the other person is also blind, because like we have almost dumped hot water on ourselves because I ran into Caitlin, almost walked into (laughs) each other with knives, almost poured carrots in the wrong pot, almost washed dishes with the sink that the strainer was in with like noodles in it. Oh no. Um, Yeah. We have done so many incidents. Yes. We have established a one person in the kitchen at a time rule. Yes. (laughs) So um, strongly recommend, uh, but also no, no. If you are sighted or if your friend is sighted, like definitely cook with with that 
that person. Yes. Right, right. It sounds like two blind people cooking together is more of an adventure than it is a way to get good food. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) there's a lot of, like, communication that has to go into it. Like, you have to... For sure. ...be able to tell the other person what you are doing, like, every step of the way, especially if you're transporting hot or sharp objects. And then they also (laughs) have to listen and remember that stuff and also carry out their task while you're carrying out your task. And there's just a lot of different moving parts that goes into that that you don't necessarily have to deal with if you are cooking with a sighted person because they can just see and you don't have to say hey I'm putting a knife in the left hand sink and yeah so I mean it it can be done it absolutely can be done but it's usually more of a hassle than it's worth just let one person do the chopping and then you do the cooking and yes a little tag one person runs out like high fives and the other subs in Yes, like yeah, it de- race. <laughs> and, and yeah, it definitely can. We definitely have done it and been successful, like maybe a couple times. <laughs> but uh, also, this is a good time to put in, like, if you are a sighted person and maybe you end up cooking with a blind person frequently for whatever reason, or you live with a blind person, things like Caitlin was saying, like saying, hey, I have a hot pot, or there's a knife in the left-hand sink, or Mm -hmm. those things are really important because if your blind person that is also there doesn't know those things, that can actually be kind of dangerous. Yes. Also, if you are going to put a knife in the sink around a blind person, try to put it in a cup or like face the blade away so they don't just reach into the sink and grab a knife blade. Yes. And same thing with the dishwasher. You can put it in blade down. Yes. Please don't put knives in the dishwasher blade up. It's never okay. <laughs> also, let somebody know if you have the dishwasher open. I mean, most yes. of the time you can yes. hear the dishwasher opening, but if I'm in another room and I come in and the dishwasher is open, please let me know before my shins know. Yes. Yes. So anyway, I think it is about time for me to divulge my uh, biggest cooking fail. And... This one is really embarrassing because the thing that people are always afraid of is that blind people shouldn't use stoves because they'll burn themselves, but also because they will uh, start fires in general. (laughs) And well, I was making bacon in the oven and I was going to make pancakes on the stove, I think is what was happening. So I... I always use an oven mitt when I put things into the oven so I can feel the rack when it's hot. Like a lot of sighted people don't, but I always do. I also always use two oven mitts. So um, yeah, random thing. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I finished putting the bacon in the oven and you know, I set the oven mitt down, didn't think much of it. And for some reason I had turned the burner on already and I put the oven mitt on the (gasps) burner. (laughs) Oh no. Oh no. Yes. And I wasn't really ready to like cook yet. So maybe the burner was like being turned off. I don't remember the logistical details of this entire situation, but point being burner was on, oven mitt was sitting on the burner. Eventually I start smelling smoke and I'm like, oh no. And then actually one of my friends was there. We were just, she was just kind of chilling. And I was like, hey. And she was like, um, your oven mitt is on the burner and it is smoking. And she grabbed it and ran outside and threw it on my porch. (laughs) And then my mom walked up, like she got home a few hours later and was like, why is there a scorched oven mitt on my porch? You left it on the porch? You didn't go back for it later? I forgot to get it. It was scorched. It blackened. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, it goes back to think about where you where you put things. <laughs> communication. Well, that wasn't even communication. That was yeah. just being stupid. Yeah, that was just a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking or what I was doing. Another note, if you're a sighted person cooking with a blind person, you see an oven mitt on the burner. Take it off. <laughs> if you're anyone cooking with anyone and you have in any way realized that anything is on a hot burner that should not be on said burner, get it off. It. <laughs> <laughs> this is our life advice fire podcast. safety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, in all seriousness, I feel like there's a lot of fear and stigma around blind people cooking. Absolutely. Like most of the sighted world kind of just assumes that we, we can't, yeah. which is absolutely not true. I used to cook all the time. My mom was taking summer classes and working. I would cook like supper and stuff every night. And yeah, I mean, I'm not a great cook, but that's not really because I'm blind. It's just because I don't cook that much and I don't really care about being like a super chef. But on that right. note, what are some of the things that you guys do to kind of modify the kitchen or to make cooking easier and to like, you know, <laughs> defy all the sided world's expectations about what we can and can't do in the kitchen? Well, I would say number one thing is organization. Um, having things in the right place, knowing where they are, or like a Caitlin, I believe, uses way around. Is that what it's called? Yes, yes, way yes. around. To uh, to scan things like uh, cans and stuff like that that can feel mm-hmm. similar just to make sure you know what is what if you don't have it all organized. Or even if you do, but you may accidentally just forget, you know, right. or something like Seeing that. Seeing AI just to is actually check. the barcode scanner that I use and way around is the labeling system. Like if I'm going to oh, actually okay. organize and label. Ah, I get you, I get you. Yes. Yeah. But apps like that, helpful. being able to identify identify things is super huge. And then of course, just the organization in general is super important and remembering how your setup is and how, and how you have it is, uh, is super important just so you know where everything is at and don't get confused, of course. Right. Also, um, obviously if you have any inaccessible appliances that are like touchscreen based, you're going to need to put tactile dots on those. I have dots on uh, two, five, eight start and stop on my microwave, which is just a super simple way to modify that. And then you may also need to label your stove depending on how that works. I personally have just memorized the clock face of the different like temperatures on my stove. So I know that three o'clock is high, six is low or six is medium and then nine is low and then 12 is off. So didn't really need to to do any modification there. Speaking of stoves, I know stoves are kind of like the biggest stigma surrounding blind cooks. Like that's the thing that people freak out over when you tell them you're a blind cook. So what are your stove safety tips? Like Let's tell the world how we use a stove safely. So honestly, personally, I don't really do anything differently with my stove than any other person would do. Like I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people about how to modify your stove or how to make it safer or how to, um, you know, some people use like Bunsen burners or electric burners instead. But honestly... I think a lot of that happens mainly just out of fear 
of what could go wrong because right. apart from like putting dots around the dial that can definitely be helpful something else that people have recommended is like putting electrical tape around the circle of where the burner is at so you know but my thing is you can feel that I mean I when I'm cooking something to know if my like pot or pan is on my flat glass top stove you can run your hand around the outside of the pot just slowly and you're gonna feel if heat is coming out around the edges. So if you have a ton of heat coming out on the left side, then you know that you probably need to scoot your pan or whatever you're cooking in over, over to the to left the some to put it in yeah. the middle of where the heat is. There's nothing on my stove or about my stove, anything I've put on it to make that uh, any different. I've right. also cooked on stoves with raised burners, which right. are actually, Caitlin's are like that. And a lot of people think that those are going to be better than a glass top stove for a blind person. Mm -hmm. And I mean, cooking on them kind of is, you definitely have no doubt about whether your pot or pan is on the burner. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, they are, well, a lot of them are so hard to clean and put together. And mm -hmm. as a blind person, you kind of have to go into cooking with the idea of you're probably going to spill something. Like something's going to trip. You're not going to, you're not going to know about it. It's not a right. big deal or anything, but it's probably going to happen. And it happens to everyone. So yeah. specifically going out of your way to have like raised burners like that is fine. If you, if you think that's going to make you more comfortable, yeah. but you have to think about the cleaning. Cause I know we were both really excited about Caitlin's and then we got them and then we dropped the first amount of spaghetti sauce in them. And we were like, Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I was very excited. I grew up with a glass top stove. So I was really excited when I moved into this apartment and had raised burners and they're not as nice as I thought. I really hope my next habitat has a glass top stove because <laughs> I'm kind of over these. You definitely can tell when your pot is on the burner, but it also kind of makes it more unstable. Like it's easier to tilt the pot. And then right. also, like Macy said, if you spill anything in those burners, cleaning them is an absolute nightmare. Like it's fine if it's just on the surface and you can wipe it off, yeah. but if it gets down in the burners to the point that you have to take the grates out and wash them putting those back in is next to impossible as a totally blind person because there's no like you can't put your hand in there there are electric sockets and yeah. you can't align the prongs independently and it's it's just bad so do not necessarily recommend having a raised burner stove like if you have one you'll be okay like you're not gonna do serious damage to the point that you have to take your burners out on a super regular basis like you gotta make a pretty big mess but it is really annoying when you do so yeah right. like macy said i also don't really do much to modify my stove really the biggest safety tips that i have just because you do kind of have to like make sure you're not gonna get things caught in anything or like burn yourself or get things on your burner or on your pot to start a fire is <laughs> to roll up your sleeves don't have really long loose sleeves if you're going to use the stove yep, yep. and put your hair back if you got long hair like I've got almost like waist length hair and I always make sure I've tied it in a knot before I use the stove because yeah. the last thing you want is to uh -uh, set your yeah. hair on fire using the stove yeah <laughs> so just yeah. general common sense tips that really sightling should also 
Yeah, be following, but make sure you do that. And then I also recommend getting cookware that has stay cool handles. They're basically just, I think it's silicone over the handles so that handles themselves don't get hot. That way you can keep a hand on the handle of whatever cookware you're using and not worry about burning yourself. And it's super easy to stay oriented and just pick it up off the burner when it's time to remove it without needing oven mitts or pot holders or anything like that. Right. For yeah, sure. I think the, like some of the main things is not really issues with the stove. It's just things that kind of you do with it, like like right. having you know the right cookware and, and stuff like that, and making sure that you're not going to have anything that's loose or going to going to catch on fire. It's not really in as much of an issue of uh, the stove itself, really. And sure, you could put electrical tape around where the burner is, but that's just if you need to and if you feel comfortable about it. So. Right. Right. At the end of the day, you can do whatever you want to do to make yourself feel the most comfortable when you're using the stove. But I think the point that we really need to drive home is that you absolutely can use the stove. I think the main thing that stands between a lot of blind people and doing that is just their fear of, you know, getting burned. And that's kind of what we're told our whole lives. Like, yeah, you can't Absolutely. use a stove. You can't be in the kitchen. You're going to burn yourself. But, right. yeah. you know, that's that's not necessarily how it works. And it is a little bit scary at first. I remember when I first started cooking, I was like a little bit afraid of the stove, but I was very afraid of the oven. Yeah. Like I'm I did not want to put, yeah, <laughs> I did not want to put my hands in there. I was afraid I would burn myself. But the more I did it now, it's totally fine. I do it like it's nothing. So, you know, it might be kind of scary and something might go wrong once and you might you know, get a little burn or something. But at the end of the day, as long as you're being safe and careful and cautious and attentive when you're cooking, you know, it's not going to be the end of the world. Right. Sighted people burn themselves all the time too. So you burning yourself is not going to be the worst thing that ever happens to you. Just put some aloe vera on it and move on with life. You'll get over it. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think the fear of cooking, like Macy said, is the main thing that kind of prevents a lot of blind people from trying it. And I feel like that's also, I mean, that's, the same with a lot of things the, you know, the fear mm-hmm. of doing it sometimes will hold you back from trying it. And I feel like that's definitely something that you just have to face and realize that it's a lot easier than, uh, than you thought. Definitely. For sure. So moving on from stoves though, uh, since I already kind of brought it up ovens, do you guys have tips on ovens? I also use two oven mitts as well, just cause. Me too. I'm, do you guys you know. use the elbow length or the normal? Um, I don't think I, I don't have elbow length ones so i've always just used the normal ones but are elbow length better in your opinion well this one time i got sent a lot of blindish related stuff from some possibly dsp someone got a grant and we're just sending out like random things that a blind person might need and one of the things that was in that package was an oven mitt that was like super long went all the way up to my elbows and when I opened it I was like this is the dumbest thing blind people do not need this I was like so against this like oven mitt it offended me okay but (laughs) I put it in my drawer anyway and this one time I was getting something out of the oven sure enough hit like almost the elbow I had that oven mitt on and I hit almost my elbow on the rack of the oven and that thing saved me from being burned. So I don't like have to use oven mitts that go up to my elbows, but 
I have that one and I still do. I put that one on my left hand because that's the hand. I always put things in from the right side and hold the pan with my right hand and use my left hand to like feel the rack of the oven. So I know where the pan is Uh, going. uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And so having it go up to that high, at least on that arm, means that if I accidentally hit that arm on like the oven door or something, when I'm feeling for the rack, it kind of is protective. Yeah, I never even thought about that. That actually makes a lot of sense. I don't have, so the oven mitts that I have aren't like normal fabric oven mitts. They're like, they're silicone. Yes, I have some of those. Yeah, those are actually really nice because they're sturdier. And you can get, like, you're not having to grip as much. You just kind of reach in. It's like like tongs on the end of your hand, okay. Yes, if that yeah. makes any sense. So I really like them. But they also can be kind of hard to grip, which can be annoying depending on what kind of well, you're, thing you're yeah. trying to take out of the oven. So I don't, yeah. I don't know how I feel about them. Those are just the ones I have, and they get the job done. So I have right. not bought more. I typically don't use a full-sized oven, though. Not because I can't or don't want to, really, but because my oven in this apartment is totally inaccessible. It has one of those weird capacitive touchscreen things. Mm. And when I put bump dots on the buttons, they don't work anymore. So oh. I have not jump through the hoops that are going to have to be jumped through in order to make that oven work for me. (laughs) So I just use a toaster oven for everything, which works out because I'm one person and don't do that much oven related cooking. So that's super nice. And the toaster oven is actually really nice because then you're not reaching like as far, especially for me, I'm a short, tiny human. So it's Mm -hmm. nice to not have to reach like as far into a hot thing to get a hot thing out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And the toaster oven that you have also talks, right? It does talk. And it I thought it was going to be super nice when I bought it because I didn't want to have to deal. Like you can buy just a normal toaster oven with a dial and put tactile tape and dots and stuff on it. And that'll work perfectly fine. But I thought it would be really nice to be able to be super precise about setting my temperature and like be able to have it report how much time was left and all that. And it is really nice. Like I really do appreciate being able to see how much time is left and the exact temperature and all that. But it also sounds like a blindy product. Like mm-hmm. the voice uh-huh. in that thing is awful and you can't speed it up or slow it down or change it. And it truly does sound demonic. Just keep that in mind if you are going to buy it. It's nice, but also not nice in a lot of ways and it's also very expensive as a lot of blindy products are so mm-hmm. if you care more about saving money than you do about being able to see the time left on your oven just buy a normal toaster oven and one. put dots on it and you'll be yeah. okay yeah where did you buy that one it came from blind my smart i think i'm not sure the company that modified it it's just called black and decker talking toaster oven Okay, so yeah, if you're interested, you can probably Google talking toaster oven. I was just curious. It's the only one that comes up. I'll try to find a link and put it in the show notes. Yes, but she is right. I don't know what I was going to say. If you uh, have you ever used a TI-84 talking calculator, the Ah. voice in that oven is very similar to the voice in that calculator. Yeah. And you think that that's fine until that thing is preheating and it goes for 100 degrees and you're not ready (laughs) yeah yep 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 
that's that's pretty fair so moving on from like the big and bad appliances that everyone's like you shouldn't use i know that obviously we all can use those things but sometimes it is a little bit of extra work or we're just not feeling it so i know we all kind of use well actually i guess caitlin's really the only one because i live in a dorm right now and cole doesn't but caitlin uses an air fryer a lot and i do when i'm there and i had one at my house before i moved and i feel like that is the way to go if you're either if you're not quite ready to use the oven yet if you don't feel comfortable with it or if you just don't want to have to deal with it you can do so much with an air fryer. Yeah. I know. I've heard all the all the lovely stories, and I'm in a dorm, so I can't wait till I'm living alone and get an air fryer. In an yes. or something. You can do almost anything that you would do in an oven in an air fryer. It it really is a fabulous appliance. It's the best thing that ever happened to my cooking abilities and dietary choices. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's super easy. You just have to, some of them are touchscreen and those are bad. They right. do not work. Mm-hmm. And then some of them have buttons that light up and those are annoying, but you can get some that have dials, one dial for time and one dial for temperature. And you just put tactile tape around it and it's super easy to use. And you can feel the timer dial counting down because it turns further um, as it goes which is really nice and then it's just a basket you dump your frozen whatever's in a basket or fresh vegetables to roast or whatever you happen to be air frying and stick it in there shake it every once in a while and then when it's done you literally just up in the basket over a plate and there's no oven mitts or tongs or direct handling of hot objects required it's really nice yeah yes The other thing that was really good for my cooking abilities when I moved into my own apartment is a George Foreman grill. Oh, yes. Cleaning that thing is absolutely awful, but it makes cooking like burgers and chicken breasts and different things super easy and even making like grilled cheese. I make grilled cheese Mm -hmm. on the George Foreman grill now and it's the best thing ever. Yes, I stole one of those at Dirty Santa one year from my uncle and everyone was like, what, why? And I was like, this is going to change my life. (laughs) (laughs) Mine was also like 15 bucks on Amazon. It's just a little George Foreman, like panini press type situation. And it is seriously fabulous. You just plug it in and it heats up and grills. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, So if you've ever tried making like grilled cheese or burgers, either one or really anything that requires being flipped on the stove, I -hmm. think the question of the century is when do I flip it? You know, right. with, with yeah. the exception of like eggs and pancakes, because those are lost causes. Um, <laughs> not actually, but like all the meat grilled cheese, if it involves bread or whatever, you can put that on a George Foreman grill. And if you've never seen one, it's basically like a grill that you put whatever on. And it also has a hinge with a lid that closes over the top. So it cooks both sides at the same time. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to flip anything. You just have to know how long to put the thing on the grill for. And it is very nice, except for when you cover it in grease and then you have to try to clean it because it is really bad to clean. Yeah, it is absolutely awful to clean, but it's worth it because it saves you from having to flip things or deal with the stove slash oven or whatever you happen to be cooking or needing to deal with. Also, pro tip, 
I recommend removing things from the George Foreman grill with tongs because you can just pick up the lid with one hand and grab whatever it is with the other hand and the tongs and transfer it to a plate and never have to touch anything hot or deal with any oven mitts. It's fabulous. Yes. And you can also use a spatula for things like burgers that you can't necessarily get tongs under. Oh, right. I can get tongs under a burger. Okay. You don't want it to cool. fall apart. But yeah. I, I, well, it shouldn't fall apart. But if it falls yeah. apart, you haven't grilled yeah. it, right? <laughs> <laughs> if your burger disintegrates upon removal from the grill, you have not done your job correctly. <laughs> I have a small pair of tongs that has silicone grippy things on the end, and they will slide right under anything on that grill and nice. grab it really nicely. They are fabulous. They were like, Three bucks at the kitchen store in Branson, Missouri. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So going back to, I actually think we've talked about this a little bit in other podcasts, but the things that you can't cook on the George Foreman grill, the pancakes. I don't like eggs, but I'm pretty sure there's like flipping involved when you make an omelet, right? I don't omelet? make omelets. I've never made <laughs> Okay. Well, I maybe not. I don't like eggs, but when you're making like, pancakes and that kind of thing what is your secret for your flipping strategy because I mean for me I typically just try to like slide the spatula under the pancake and hope for the best but if you do that too early sometimes it is problematic and you get batter in places where batter shouldn't be and if you wait too long then obviously you've burned it it. so Do you guys have any tips? Do you guys like set a timer? What What do you usually so, do? So my pro tip is to bypass the whole thing and get frozen pancakes that you can put in a toaster. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's what I've done. What? They taste like straight up chemicals in freezer. Mine were fine. You microwave your chicken fries. Your opinion is not <laughs> valid. I can't not microwave chicken fries. I don't have anything else to use. Sneak you an cannot. air fryer into that dorm room. They're not doing random room inspections anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Don't do that, listeners. That's illegal. I mean, not <laughs> really, but please don't. At least if you do and you get in trouble for it, don't tell them I told you to. This is an official proclamation that Challenge Solutions is not liable if you take an air fryer into your dorm room. We do not officially endorse this as a company. <laughs> do as I say, not as I did my freshman year. <laughs> So I've made several good batches of pancakes, but I cannot consistently replicate it. (laughs) I usually set a timer and I use a measuring cup to dip out the pancakes. So it's a consistent size that I'm working with and should cook pretty consistently. And then I will take a spatula and I feel kind of around the edges. Like I give it usually about a minute and a half per side. Solidify a little bit. Once the pan is heated up. I just kind of feel the edges of the pancake with the spatula and you can kind of feel them like getting browned and then I listen once you've done it enough you can kind of and it depends on the pan you're using a little bit to some extent but once you've done it enough with a consistent setup you can kind of hear like the difference in the crackling and Mm -hmm. figure out generally when to flip it I also will sometimes use two spatulas so like pick it up with one and hold one over the top so it doesn't like slide and go places and that Mm -hmm. helps a lot but it did take me a while to learn how to do that effectively and then for eggs I don't cook eggs in any way that requires flipping Flipping. I 
exclusively scramble my eggs yes which by the way can be done in a microwave um yes that's true it's it's not bad in the microwave once you figure out your specific microwave's cooking power and learn how to um, accommodate for that but um i scramble my eggs in just a nonstick pan on the stove with some butter and you can feel with the spatula like when it starts kind of clumping together and it'll Mm -hmm. feel thicker and then the sound also changes that also takes practice eggs are (laughs) delicate creatures and dealing Mm -hmm. with them requires a lot of practice before you get it right i just now a couple months ago got to the point where i could consistently scramble an egg that was enjoyable not just edible (laughs) yeah i think the same thing is kind of the case with like scrambling hamburger meat that's mm-hmm. something I did a lot at home because like box meals, those are my thing. Like come home from school, make like a boxed spaghetti or hamburger helper or tacos mm-hmm. with taco seasoning. Those things that don't take like a whole lot of time, but a lot of them also just beef is one of the only meats that I'll eat. So I scramble it a lot, but it's kind of one of those things where the scrambling isn't hard, but then knowing when to stop, knowing when all the meat is brown and when there's no pink left. Yeah. You can mm-hmm. actually hear it. So if you do yep. it enough, it took me a long time. I ended up at first, I would call Ira agents to look at my uh, hamburger meat and tell me if it was done. But yep. then I started kind of listening to it. I think someone might've actually told me that they could listen to it. So you can hear it if you start out and you either have a sighted person help you or you use a service like Ira or FaceTime a friend or whatever you need to do to get that done. Right. Um, and then eventually- you kind of get better at it and you get more comfortable with it and you'll start hearing those subtle differences. Same thing with like boiling water. You'll definitely hear it and you'll know the difference between like kind of sizzling and boiling, boiling after you've done it one or two times. So may mess up a few times, but you'll start to get it. Yeah, I knew I had been told by a lot of people that I could listen to hamburger meat and now I'm at the point where I can consistently tell by sound when it's done, but I I am weird about my meat and I still regularly call Ira just to verify that there is no pink because I cannot stand the thought of not verifying it. So right. <laughs> no shame in doing that, but you can tell by the sizzling. <laughs> yeah, do whatever you're comfortable with as right. most anything in the kitchen. Yeah, for sure. And also with things like, whole cuts of meat like chicken steak things like that if you're cooking those i actually took a food safety class in high school that went over all the temperatures that those things are supposed to be at i don't remember every one of them now not gonna lie (laughs) but the things that i cook like chicken is supposed to be at 165 degrees and at that point it's if it reaches that temperature on the inside it is safe to eat. So I have a talking meat thermometer and I I can just put that into like the piece of chicken or whatever. And no, that's something that you're going to want to have someone help you with. There's right. like a certain way that you should put it in and you put it into the thickest part of the meat. And mm-hmm. it's also a strategy, you know, you're going to have to work out the safest way for you to do that. But it's definitely an option if you're kind of like, okay, but sound is not, not enough. You can find those temperatures online and have someone help you and uh, I think Braille Superstore has talking thermometers. Correct. Yeah. Interesting. So do maxi aids and APH, I believe. Also, while you're on one of those websites buying your meat thermometer, you should definitely grab some Braille measuring cups because mm-hmm. you're obviously going to need those for a lot of reasons. There's basically one type that you get 
and uh, all the websites have the same ones. And the spoons work fine. The measuring cups, they're supposed to be for solids and liquids. So especially for liquids, just know that you have enough extra room to fill it up to like put your finger in and fill it up to your finger. Don't try to fill it to the very top because it will be too much. I have ruined too many a batch of muffins (laughs) because of that specific Uh reason. But yeah, they have cups and spoons and strongly recommend getting some of those if you're going to cook anything because you're definitely going to want to measure things and even some things that sided people wouldn't necessarily measure i feel like sometimes it's better for us to measure like caitlin was talking about the pancake batter and yeah uh, that you have the same amount consistently yeah yes dressing on salads if you want and all that stuff but anyway we are now going to transition to uh, Cole's personal favorite kind of cooking. Ah, yeah. <laughs> that is dorm cooking. So if you're going to college or you're in college and you want some ideas, we probably won't have anything you haven't tried, but we might because all we have in dorms, at least where we are at, all we can have are microwaves. So you have to make do with, uh, you have to do the best with what you can do. I feel like cooking is a strong word. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, Preparation of but, sustenance. Yes. There we go. There we go. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're only allowed to have microwaves. I don't really know why we're not allowed to have air fryers. I mean, I guess I know why, but I think we should totally be allowed to have air fryers. And I toasters. Agree. Yeah. We can't even have toasters. Like, come on. How am I, I supposed to make? bagels every morning. How am I going to... <laughs> How am I going to make my <laughs> awesome, delicious frozen pancakes <laughs> um, without my toaster? But for me, typically, I love uh, chicken fries. They're super easy to to make, and they taste good to me, even if they're microwaved. Not as good if you were to put it in an air fryer or an oven, sure, but serviceable, uh, in my opinion. I've also recently... Uh, a new a new thing that I don't know why I haven't tried it before, but pizza rolls are fantastic. <laughs> also, another really quick thing that you can uh, put in the microwave that uh, is an awesome snack. Yeah. So before we had this conversation specifically, I had no idea what chicken fries were. So I think you should explain that in all of its glory to our audience. All right. So it's the amazing idea of having chicken in the shape of a fry. <laughs> it's like a it's like a really thick french fry and it's a, and it's just chicken and it's really really good do you feel that chicken but, fries are superior to chicken nuggets slash have you ever made chicken nuggets in your microwave i have made chicken nuggets in a microwave i i prefer chicken fries over chicken nuggets because i feel like they're a better vehicle to get to use uh, with ketchup okay mm, I, I then, then 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 nuggets are in my opinion because of that slim shape, you can just put it in. Anything. Yes. Yeah, they're like made for dipping in a variety of sauces and just. Yeah, yeah, they're they're fantastic. <laughs> they're great. They're fabulous. There's a reason they're my favorite. So. They're also really good if you want a little bit of a healthier option, but still having the convenience of chicken fries. If you yeah, something quick. Yeah. Yeah, if you like air fry them and chop them up, you can put them in salads, and that's super nice because you get like the extra crunch of the chicken in your salad but you're not mm-hmm, having to mm-hmm. like cook chicken strips or grill a right. chicken breast not not the healthiest variety of meat you could put in a salad definitely no. very processed but yeah uh still still effective and actually super yummy i love chicken fry salads but i air fry nice. mine i don't microwave them because i yeah can't eat them if they're not extra crispy yeah but if you're Fair in enough. a dorm room and you're in a pinch and you weren't like 
Well, Caitlin and I both have weird things about meat. So if you weren't like us, you could definitely microwave them and put them in a salad. Salads are actually really doable in a dorm. Like everything you need can fit in a mini fridge if you don't like make it super extravagant. Right. The downside is for me. So before I got to college, I had it in my head that I was going to make so many vegetables in my dorm and I was going to like make all this cool stuff in the microwave. And I even thought about getting a crock pot at one point because for some reason we are allowed to have those. Yeah. I have Uh no idea what that's about. But anyway, so give me a toaster at least. Right. And like I was thinking okay, about Okay, but someone that. almost set my dorm on fire trying to make a grilled cheese in one slot of the toaster my freshman year. So I kind of understand that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's just all user error. That's uh-huh. true. Yeah. That person should be expelled. Yeah. <laughs> Oh dear. But no, anyway, I told myself I was going to do all this like guacamole. I had all these cool ideas. Mm. There are two problems that you should be aware of if you're going into college and that you're probably experiencing now if you're like me and it's your freshman year. The first is that you don't have time for that. You do not have time (laughs) to sit down and chop up your lettuce and rinse your veggies and chop up your carrots and microwave your chicken and put all of that work into a single meal. It just, it does not happen. Like run to a dining hall. It's going to be faster or eat ramen you know thing number or, two or chicken fries <laughs> or chicken yeah or just the chicken fries yeah <laughs> um the second thing is that you are not going to want to wash those dishes or cole and i were talking earlier he doesn't have anywhere to wash those dishes if your dorm is like communal bathrooms then you're not gonna have a sink and i don't know if this is normal but where I am right now, the only Walmart that I can walk to doesn't have like a large selection of paper dishes. Yeah, it's, it's it like has, a... yeah, it has this one t- like tiny section of paper bowls. And so you're not only going to want, you're not only not going to want to put the time in to make the food, you're also not going to want to put the time in to wash those in your bathroom sink if you're lucky enough to have your own bathroom sink or. Right. If you're not, then you just absolutely can't. Yeah. But something I have done to be a little healthier is gotten the pre-made salads that come in like a plastic container and they come with a little plastic fork even and they'll have like some kind of meat. My favorite is the cranberry pecan and it has like candied pecans, cranberries, I think chicken of some sort and like raspberry vinaigrette dressing. And there are a lot of different varieties if that's not like your thing, but then everything is right there and you have nothing to wash. So that is a win-win for sure. Yeah, definitely. I want to touch on it just a bit more, just in case we went through it too fast. Yes. In Macy's case, she has like a sink that she can actually wash dishes in. I like brought like cups and stuff to my dorm last year thinking like, that's what I was going to do. And then realized as soon as I got there, oh yeah, what do I do with these? Because I'm not going to go all the way down to the first floor where the actual kitchen kitchen is to go just wash these dishes. So I very quickly, uh, very quickly transitioned to uh, like plastic plates and cups and, and spoons and forks and stuff like that because I just can't actually wash those, uh, those dishes. Yeah, right? that's definitely something to think about. Yeah, when you, whenever you're, especially when you're picking your dorm as well. Yes, sure. if you can get your own sink, it is 100% worth it. Yeah. Definitely. I did do quite a bit of cooking in my dorm room my freshman year because I did not. Well, I'm using the term cooking very, very loosely. I microwaved a lot of soup and ramen. 
right yep um, and also frozen burritos simply because I during my school day like when I was out away on campus going to classes I was not near a dining hall and did not have a big enough time gap to actually go into a dining hall and get lunch yeah and then by the time I got <sighs> back to my dorm I was so exhausted that I did not want to go deal with getting assistance in a dining hall and also had so much homework to do that I just quite (laughs) literally did not have time so I would end up microwaving stuff and eating it while I did all the things that I had to do back in my dorm so yep yep yeah ate a lot of soup lots of ramen lots of frozen burritos the occasional pre-made sandwich or salad a crap ton of peanut butter (laughs) 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 so much peanut butter um yeah lots of protein bars and then every once in a while when I would get super just sick of everything and felt super industrious I would make things in mugs you can make oh yeah a lot of things in mugs in the microwave you can make potato soup in a mug you can make macaroni in a mug if you get sick of the macaroni cups that are pre-made right. and you want macaroni with real cheese. You can make mug cakes and yeah. all kinds of different things. Google recipes in a mug and yeah. there's probably a mug recipe for just about anything you can imagine. So if you are really dedicated to actually cooking in your dorm and then washing those dishes afterward, then that is an option. You do kind of need to like eat all of the stuff in the mug or whatever when (laughs) you make it otherwise you will be scraping it into a trash bag because you (laughs) can't put it anywhere else and yeah then you're gonna have to transport said trash bag so like if you're gonna do this be dedicated to eating all of it and not epically failing and creating something inedible that's going to smell (laughs) so (laughs) right yeah 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 Definitely, definitely possible, but certainly not ideal. And I also never wanted to like cut fruit or vegetables in there just because you're in a cracker box. Like there is not space for that. You don't Mm -hmm. have space to put down a cutting board and chop up a cucumber. Like it's, you can do it if you're really dedicated, but there are probably better uses of your time and effort. (laughs) Exactly. And time. Yeah. Yes. And then you have to watch that cutting board too. Exactly. And it probably won't fit your bathroom sink. (laughs) no it definitely would not fit in mine (laughs) but something you did say that I kind of forgot about were like sandwiches sandwiches are a pretty good like dorm food and every blind person should know how to assemble a good Mm pb&j but also uncrustables uncrustables are I need to start getting uncrustables I haven't had them in years yes if you're not familiar with uncrustables they are they come frozen and they are round peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, but they have no crust. So the no it's like a circle. It's like a fried pie, <laughs> but it's a circle and the yeah. middle is peanut, peanut butter, butter and, and jelly. jelly. Yeah. And you just take it out, you thaw it, and you eat it half an hour later. It is, they are really good. Yeah, I definitely, definitely need to start getting that, although I'm running out of room in my fridge because of all the milks I have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I may or may not be able to fit 
three gallons of milk in my mini fridge. Oh, but um, how many gallons of tea do you have? Zero, thank God. <laughs> um, but like, yes, also having just like bread, cheese, and some turkey, just throwing that in the microwave is also a thing that I'll do as well for like a, like a quick lunch if I'm not feeling like going to a dining hall or I've got too much homework to actually spend that kind of time. I also yeah. used to make just cheese sandwiches. So two pieces of cheese and some mustard between two pieces of white bread. Huh? I am not sure that's a thing that most people would enjoy, but if that is something you enjoy, <laughs> then by all means. <laughs> okay. I don't know that I necessarily enjoy it, and I don't think I've eaten one since I lived in a dorm, but it's definitely a good way to get some sustenance in. And also, lots of people do that. That is not a me thing. I think De- you're using desperate the word good times here. Call for desperate measures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. So now to kind of explain why these the times are desperate, let's just like kind of put college dining halls into like a couple sentences because we talked about cafeterias in general, and I think our dining out podcast. And yeah, we but kind that of talked about like high school cafeterias yeah. and the mm-hmm. problems that come with those. College cafeterias are like high school cafeterias on steroids. Yeah. It yeah. is basically impossible to to get a meal completely independently because everything is a buffet. Or and there's even, so many people. There's mm-hmm. so many people, there's so many options. And, you know, there's not really a way for you to have a routine. It isn't like in high school where, you know, oh, me and my friends sit at the same table every day because our lunchtime is at 1230 every day. You never know who's going to be there or yep. where they're going to be, where the when you're going to eat. Be. Yes, honestly. <laughs> and so that makes the experience of being in a college dining hall kind of difficult. Yeah. And it can be frustrating at times because Maybe some institutions have more disability training than we do, but it seems like a lot of the people who end up assisting us maybe don't always know how to help us in the most effective way. And so it can make the experience kind of belittling or humiliating Mm -hmm. or they put you at a table with frat guys that don't talk to you, uh, which has happened to Caitlin and I both. And then you're sitting there and you're by yourself unless you have friends to go with, which in all... In that case, then by all means, go to the dining hall. If you can work that out with all of your schedules. Right. But people will just come up to you. It's honestly kind of a really stressful situation. And I do it on the daily, but there are some days where you've done a lot of work, your finals are coming up, and it's not that you don't have the energy to get out, but it's that you don't want to have to deal with all of the trouble that kind of comes with- All of the everything. Yeah. Yes. Everything it's just, else. it's never a smooth and enjoyable experience to go yeah. into a dining hall. And it's also really disorienting to be in some dining halls because they're yes. super open mm-hmm. and there's so much noise and so many people moving in so many different directions, carrying so many different things. Yep. And yes, you can just get super disoriented and not have a point of reference. In there. It's just a lot. Yeah, it's a lot <laughs> yes. to deal with in the middle of a day when you already have a lot of things to deal with. Right, exactly. That are not just I'm, acquiring sustenance. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, for me, it's either I'm going to a dining hall with all my friends or I'm eating in my dorm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I, I, And yes, I totally could go to a dining hall. I just, it's just too much effort when I could just spend two minutes microwaving some chicken fries. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? that's how <laughs> I was my freshman year. Unless I just 
was absolutely utterly sick of everything in my dorm and actually had a minute to think about something that wasn't pre-calc <laughs> right yeah and also another just random thing to kind of remember that I've dealt with a couple times is that in college like someone obviously will help you someone from the dining hall or whatever they will get you to your seat they will not come get you when you are done no (laughs) and so that still leaves you walking in what is so much bigger than any high school cafeteria I've ever been in and Yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a rough situation. So that's why we're throwing out all these dorm cooking tips and you, you take them as you will. If you want to brave the dining halls, it's probably going to be a lot more nutritious and filling in a better I mean, At least different options. Yes. You're going to have a lot more options. Mm -hmm. More variety. And it is good to get out there to, um, to go with friends, you know what I mean? And and to, uh, and to get that experience as well. But uh, yeah, if you're not feeling like uh, dealing with that, then you've got all of these lovely dorm cooking tips that we've got. Yes, here. chicken fries, pizza rolls, uh, yep. bag or package salads, and mugs. Uh, sandwiches and mugs. mugs? Things. Yes, yeah, mugs. You'll, soup and you'll ramen. Soup and ramen. Soup and ramen. Granola yep. bars, protein shakes. When you start getting real desperate, yeah, <laughs> cheese and mustard sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> hey those are great you can you don't even have to dirty a plate just make it right on a paper towel and then fold the (laughs) towel around it and eat it i have too much experience with this (laughs) i don't keep sliced i don't keep sliced cheese in my fridge but you know i could no i don't i I keep cheese cubes and i just eat them (laughs) i kept both sliced cheese and cubes i want cheese sticks Mm, (laughs) i'm getting all hungry now Anyway, we've rambled for a while. Do y'all have any last words about cooking? Chicken Uh, fries. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) chicken fries. Yeah, I think for me, it's just the last words that I always have, the last words that all of us always have in these podcasts, and that's that you can, so you should. uh, You should try it, like step out of your comfort zone. If you don't use the oven, go make something in the oven. Make a frozen pizza. If you've never cooked at all, Use the toaster, use the microwave, use the air fryer, but I encourage you to, you know, get out there, try something you haven't tried, make something yummy. It'll be a good time. Yeah. You even get rewarded for trying it. Yeah. Because good food. Well, that's only if you're successful. Well, that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I will say that cooking is one of the life skills that I think is absolutely necessary for you to have in some capacity. If you sure. plan on living independently, like most blind people are not going to be able to afford to DoorDash for every single meal. So you do have to have at least the bare minimum of cooking skills. Like you got to be able to stick stuff in a toaster or microwave some chicken fries. And if you decide that's all you're comfortable doing and you don't care about learning more, then that's fine. At least you will be able to provide yourself sustenance. But at the end of the day, if you cannot cook and you cannot provide yourself with sustenance, then you are not going to be able to live independently. So I think this is one of those skills that you need to master in some capacity as soon as possible. And if you're a parent or a TVI or you have any sort of connection to any blind person in your life who doesn't know how to cook and wants to be able to live independently, then cooking is one of those skills that you need to start teaching and 
exposing them to in some capacity as early as possible like yeah even if you've got a blind child let them mix the cookie batter and let them put the cookies on the cookie sheet and just have that experience and if they don't do it perfectly that's okay they'll get better every single time and giving them that experience is only going to help them later in life when they actually have to cook for themselves in their college apartment so for sure yeah Cooking is almost as important as teaching advocacy skills. It's super important. <laughs> it's up there. Yeah. Cooking, advocacy, and mobility. Uh, yes. Yes. And technology. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Technology. And the big skills. four. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair yes. Big five. <laughs> so, all righty. Well, I think that about wraps us up. I yeah, I think, think so. so. Like a good burrito. Yeah. Ah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we are going to stop now. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Challenge Solutions Podcast. If you have any questions or suggestions for future content, please drop those in the comments on any of our platforms or send us an email via the contact form on challengesolutions.org. Also, feel free to leave us a comment telling us your favorite cooking tips and favorite things to cook and or your worst cooking failures. We would love (laughs) to hear your stories and suggestions. Also, please share the link to this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. We're trying to grow our podcast audience. So sharing the link will really help us out with that. And remember that you can subscribe to the Challenge Solutions blog, podcast, and YouTube channel for more content like this. Thank you for listening and stay tuned to the blooper reel. This one's going to be a good one. Oh, I, 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 I spilled it. And we're starting off with a bang. Or a splash. Oh, actually, it was a coffee. I wish I had a bang right now. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, it would make me happier. <laughs> would it now? No. I might have to cuddle. Uh, cu- cuddle. <laughs> I might have to cuddle nutmeg. I might have to kennel nutmeg. I Hold am on. ready. I'll be back. Hold on. Hey, girl, let's oh, go. What? For the benefit of our listeners, I accidentally opened this mouth walker. Give me those eyes. <laughs> 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 never Premise. opened the zoom mouth walker. <laughs> no. Do it. <laughs> that wasn't. Well, I mean, thank you. I wasn't really trying to do that. Oh dear. Okay. I'm the imposter. Are we ready? No, but we're gonna no. do it anyway. Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one, cut. Don't tell me there's a button there if you don't want me to advise you to click it. I can't see navigating in the kitchen. Why not? (laughs) That sounds doltish. I filtered myself. We have to stop. We can't put that in. Yes, I know we can't put it anywhere, but I wanted to do it. No, no, I'm sorry. You need to start at general. Uh I got four hours of sleep. I need more coffee. <laughs> Do you? Oh, yeah. Two, one. No, wait. Let me. Uh, okay, I need coffee too now. Take four. <laughs> <laughs> you were going to say yeah. it perfectly and I was going to slurp. Let's go. Woo. Coffee first. I want to oh, sleep it's for a while. burning long my time. insides. What? <clears throat> that combination of things. Burning my insides, and then Galen's just <laughs> over there going, Bleh. I blew coffee out my nose holes. <laughs> like a human whale.
general kitchen usage tips and tricks as blind individuals. <laughs> Easy. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll mute myself. Oh. <laughs> Fair enough. I think we can cut that entire thing that you just said and it will not affect this podcast at all. It'll be so much worse than anything we have ever created. I've never cried on a podcast, but... That was my fault and I apologize sincerely. Okay, you can go now. Anyway, I guess it's time for me to... Uh, divulge my <laughs> my worst <laughs> cooking fear, mm-hmm. and this one is fail. so embarrassing fail. because fail. oh my worst cooking fear, and this one Nick, is really you did it again. You yelled at me. What? I'm so sorry. I no, I coffee. I muted, knocked over my mic, screamed. I didn't hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> I said, let's tell the world how to use a stove safely. Okay, I should talk now. Yes, you should tell the world how to use a stove safely, and I'm going to mute because my heater is on and my ducks are popping. But I have like a little pair of tongs that has like silicone tips. Silicone tips. Silicone tips. I have a small pair of tongs that has silicone. Oh my god! Both of you guys doing the same mistakes back to back. Three, two, one, cut. Probe. <laughs> yeah? Do ya? <laughs> Delicately? Yeah. <laughs> Delicately? Probe it. I think we're going to dorm cooking. Oh yeah, microwave city, baby. Woo! Because uh, of that slim shape, you can just put it in. Anyway. Yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Your arms are very satisfying. <laughs> What just happened? I don't know what you need to say. But you need to go back and I need to not say that again. Uh, okay, I have to outro now. Oh yeah. no. Good, good, good. Everything just left my brain completely. Thank you for watching and stay tuned oh. for the Listening, listening. I thought you had it. Oh. oh, I thought you had it. You were so close. You were killing it. I almost it. did it. <laughs>